Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. That means it's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we have T. Frank answer your Penn State football or recruiting questions. And if you want to submit a question, download our app from the App Store. Just search for Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask T. Frank button. And there you go. At the end of the segment, we are going to pick out the best question. And you win a great prize this week. The winner of today's Ask T. Frank segment, you'll receive a copy of the book, why Penn State by Greg Woodman. It's available now at whypennstate.com. I hope you all heard our show from earlier this week. I had Greg on to talk about the book. It emphasizes the uh, decade of the 1980s where Penn State became the iconic school that it was. Uh, he talks about the big 86 Fiesta Bowl against Miami. Some really great stuff. Fantastic book. Again, it's whypennstate.com if you want to order it. Or you can also get it at Amazon, probably some other uh, places where you get your books. All right, T. Frank, you ready to answer some questions? Sure, as long as I'm not held to any of the answers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's start with Jimmy in Forest City who says, Hey, T. Frank, last year John Lovett had three games with two receptions. All other games were one or none and three games with over 10 carries. Do you see Devin Ford taking over that role this year? I don't know. Um, I don't know where Devin Ford fits onto the roster uh, at 190 pounds. And and John Lovett was a bit of a disappointment, truthfully, because there was a, those are the receptions he caught. There was Against Michigan, he had two first downs in critical situations that he dropped. So... Health was an issue, fit was an issue, rhythm was an issue. What he was good at was, uh, you know, zone running, outside zone, inside zone, and and mid zone, being able to make the right decision, get upfield, and get the yards that were there. The problem was Pence couldn't run outside zone, so therefore your inside zone and your mid zone are less effective uh, because, you know, there's no threat that you have to get on your horse to get out to, to the boundary. Um I, I don't know that there's a role that's the that's the John Lovett role. I think that there's a third down back, but that could be Katron Allen. He's a really good overall football player. Um, Kevon Lee showed at the end of the season the reason that Devin or that uh, that Lovett wasn't getting any of those opportunities was because Kevon Lee was becoming a better back in space. So can it? Sure, Devin Ford could be that guy. Could he be a change pace back? Sure. Could he be barely used? Yeah, there's five running backs on the roster. All of them theoretically could play a part next season. So I, you know, I'm gonna wait and see. I like the idea of roles on the offense instead of thinking and thinking of skills that are available instead of looking at like one, two, three, four. But we'll just have to see how it all develops because that's part of the game that changes over time, I think. All right, let's uh, move on. This is a question. I had about three, four of the same question, so I'm going to go with Mike's version. Mike is from Baltimore, and he says, via Jim's backyard. I'm not sure what that means, if that means he's a Berwick guy or from the area. But here's Mike's question. Hey, T. Frank, I saw some way too early mock drafts 
had Will Levis as a top 10 pick. Is this the same guy who was basically a fullback in the shotgun for Penn State? In your opinion, does he have first-round talent, and will he be a top pick next April? And I'm going to add in, this wasn't Mike's question, I'm going to add it in because some of the other folks asked it. Did James Franklin make the right choice in taking Sean Clifford over Will Levis? Yeah. Yeah, he did. And, and this is the thing. is like Kentucky is not Penn State. The situation, the offense, the scheme are not the same. So to say that Will Levis was going to be that guy at Penn State is wrong because Will Levis wasn't going to have the opportunity and, and, the, and the system that emphasized his running skills to then open up deep play-action shots where he could take those... Bi- and here's the thing. We all saw it. Will Levis is a tank of a human with a big arm. That's why Penn State took him. Does he develop into the complete quarterback? But I kind of look at him like Jake Locker. Uh, if you remember Jake Locker that went to the Tennessee Titans in the first round, that's kind of what I would see uh, as far as how he would project to the NFL. If Jake, Jake Locker went in today's NFL, he might have a better shot of being a quarterback where he's not. they're not trying to you know shove him down the tube and put him in the mold to make him look like everybody else. Um, I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick. Remember when uh, Christian Hackenberg was the number one overall quarterback? We we just go ba- we go based on a couple of things. Do you have the highlights and do you have the stuff? And he's got the highlights and he's got the stuff. I did some preliminary looking into you know some of his stuff, you know as far as how he did last season. And again, we talked about Sean Clifford and how 2019 worked for him. Big play action shots; those make everyone's eyes pop out. And and Levis was good at those. But if you're talking about commanding the offense throughout the field, I don't know that I saw that. I saw a lot of swing passes and bubble passes, and I start to get my my eyes start to glaze over there. So we'll see if he puts it all together this year and he has another elite season. Sure, you know he finally realized the potential. I just don't think it was going to be at Penn State because it's not the same offense. Kentucky, and I'm just going to say this again, they took a pure running back a couple years ago when their quarterback got injured, and they put him at quarterback, and they won games because their team doesn't care about throwing the football. They are they are like they're almost like an army light, and and that's the system he went to to be the full evolution of a guy that can actually throw the ball in that situation. Why do you think these mock drafts? Why these folks are so enamored with Well Levis and making height, weight, speed, big arm, height, weight, speed. Got it. All right. Let's go to Gary in Altoona who says, two years of 500 football, which could only be described as underachieving. Oh, we're we're off to a great start. I feel like I'm hearing (laughs) a a chorus to a song. Let's go. Come on. hit, Hit me with the beat drop here. Let's go. T. Frank, is this a blip or a trend? I wouldn't say it's a blip or a trend. I would say it's what happened. Um... I you know that that here okay. We just spent the entire show talking about how Penn State was successful with the same exact quarterback in 2019. I don't want to go- talk about COVID again. I just don't want to do it. So let's take a look at last season, where they had issues along the offensive line because their previous offensive line coach was not bringing in recruits necessary to keep that. That that pot that pile stocked. He, he he couldn't he could not keep the level of talent necessary in the offensive line room. And if you've seen anything from the offensive line, you know it takes a long time to develop players 
from the high school level to the college level unless you're getting very high-level talent. And Penn State was able to keep and cobble together guys that were fifth-year seniors that got here with James Franklin. They were part of Herb Hand's class. And they were really the backbone of that offense all the way up until 2020. And then that season, under new offensive coordinator, things fell apart. But then last season, there was this big seismic shift in the offensive line where Fries and Mennett left. And, and you know, you have the unfortunate circumstance where Nate Bruce doesn't play football anymore. So you lose a recruit in a, in a class where you only had one other guy. And I'll bring up COVID again, like your your new offensive line coach, when he tries to start recruiting and building relationships with guys, can't go see them. He can't be in person with tr- people he's trying to recruit. So you have this, this unfortunate lineup of circumstances. And when the offensive line, it takes a long time to get into those situations, and it takes a long time to get out. So under just one part of the team, if you look at that, you can see some of the situation that that presented itself. Um, But in general, the talent on the roster is better than it was two years ago. They're bringing in better talent. They're hitting on guys. They were missing on guys over the last couple of years. So recruiting is where this all starts. That's turning around. Is next season the year or is it the year after? I don't know. And and I, I can I can build you a picture where it's next season. I can also build you a picture where it's not next season. I think that's the point of this year is that it can go a lot of different ways. So I tend to be an optimistic person. I tend to look on the positive side of these things. So I would say the Penn State's going to be better than you think. Are they going to be back to 10, 11 wins? I, you know, that's a stretch for me. But if you get to nine, that's where they were with, with uh, Trace McSorley his senior season. So, you know. Is that is that enough for you? I don't know. I do think that you know everything is it's a domino effect. We talked about Sean Clifford earlier in the show, his abilities or lack of ability under pressure, which leads you to the offensive line. And I keep saying it, T. Frank. I I think there's additions by subtraction along the offensive line. Yeah. That it's you know they're better off without some of the players that were there. And it's yet to be seen yet, but there is potential with those guys who are coming in. All right, let's go a different direction here. Alan Harrisburg says, in Jim's interview with a board of trustee member, there was a discussion of the home field advantage at Beaver Stadium. How big is that advantage, T. Frank, compared to other venues? Uh, you're talking to one of the people on the beat that does not travel because, uh, all of my studio, I can't take with me in a backpack. Um, (laughs) you know, this is good teams are good, right? So good teams travel, good teams can play in hostile environments, but there is a significant advantage of home and road splits when it comes to offensive performance in, in particular, because, if you know the snap count and you can do whatever you want at the snap because you your your offensive line can hear you, and conversely, the defensive line, you don't have that. On the road, you don't have the advantage of the snap count. And at home, you do. And that gives a split-second advantage to the offense against the defensive line. So if you're on the road at Ohio State and Chase Young's already good, now your tackle is blind and trying to block him, you know, from a sound perspective of when the snap is, as opposed to being at home. That is the biggest difference. 
Uh, yeah, so th- there is a there is a home road split, and I don't know the value of it. I think handicappers make it a field goal. So if you're if you're coming down to a field goal, it's not a huge difference, but it is a difference. And I do think of those of us who have been at Beaver Stadium for a whiteout, there is such a thing as whiteout magic. Um, so I do believe that. Can we get another question is, in? Is, is, is ramped up. No, we can't. So Ugh. we need a winner. Uh, and that's why Ugh. I didn't think we had time. So you got to name a winner, T. Frank. Oh, my gosh. Not bringing it today. Maybe that's on me. Uh, let's, let's go with Gary. Let's go with Gary. Gary from Altoona, who talked about the underachieving Nittany Lions for the past two years. All right, T. Frank, thank you very much. Great job today. Come back for quarter number four. We've got some recruiting conversation going on. Stay tuned. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State-Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 